From down under to above the rim. Bogut to the rack and he jammed it. Oh my goodness. Blocked by Bogut. The Warriors big man joins our big man. Troy, stand back, John. Have a go at the soys. Let's do it. The Andrew Bogut Show with Mr. T. Now, here's Tom Tolbert. Okay, hold on a minute. Just right off the right off the bat here before we get to the show, which we'll be doing every Tuesday with Warriors Center Andrew Bogut. Andrew, what's going on? How much, man? How you doing? Good. I'm gonna give you uh, we could do this one over again. Uh production usually does a fantastic job with these <laughs> things. And I, while I thought that was interesting, I can't bear the thought of doing this every Tuesday, thinking about you rolling your eyes as you're listening to 15 seconds of men at work and this and that. So if you would like, we will kill that and start over. Yeah, no, not original. I think it's been um, been played out. And every time I go on the radio with anybody in America, it's the, it's the leading song. So... Um, probably pretty smart to think of at the same time. Give me, can you <laughs> give original. Can you give me one? Any anything that you would like? I'll go with hip hop, rock. I'm I'm, I'm more uh, more into heavy metal, but I'm into anything you want to lead into. Any kind of song choice that you would like, we could do that. I'm not, I'm not too picky, man. Um, I hear enough rap and hip hop though playing in the NBA, so I'd probably steer away from that. But uh, anything, anything other than that, I think I'm pretty good. Fantastic. Maybe I'll go Iron Maiden. So, in other words, conveniently, it's going to be what you want. Yeah, well, I mean, he, <laughs> Andrew gave me a very wide-ranging net there to cast, just just not men at work. So uh, I'm sure he's heard the Vegemite sandwich joke one too many times. So we're going to go ahead and steer steer clear of that one. Uh, I asked you the obligatory, how's the, the ankle doing? Yeah, it's good. It's, it's uh, You know, it's good days and bad days at the moment, but, you know, just trying to, trying to stay sane through this whole process mentally and, and physically, I'm doing everything I can uh, to hopefully get more minutes here pretty soon. But you know, it's not a situation that any any NBA player is used to, especially myself playing used to playing 40 minutes a night. Obviously, being restricted to 18 and no back to backs, and it's tough on the organization and, and coach as well. Um, you know, with his rotation. So hopefully, we get through it unscathed. You you said uh, you were trying to remain sane. How do you do that, given the frustration of knowing that you're playing about half as much as you're used to playing as a pro? I mean, what what is there some sort of mental thing you've got to go through every day so that, you know, you can just keep plowing through this? Well, they have these little blue, blue pills that, that kind of help you with, with that. No, but uh, but um, it's tough, man. It's tough. It, it is tough, but that's part of being a pro. You know, you're going to have um, you know in, in different circumstances all throughout your career, and, and it's how you adapt to them. So what I'm what I'm concentrating on is trying to affect the game as much as I can for those two or three or four minute bursts that I'm on the floor. And then obviously when the time is right, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have the leash taken off me and, and be allowed to go full tilt. But until then, I'm just going to try and play as hard as I can. Talk about the – what about the discussions you had with Coach Jackson and the training staff over there in Warrior Land? Would it have been – could it have been better if you would have just said, look, let's get to 100%, then I can go 30 minutes, or we'll go through this where i got to play 18 minutes, and I know it's tough to get out there – and play in three, four minute spurts because you just—it's hard to find your rhythm in those spurts. What were those discussion likes, and what led you guys to come to the uh, conclusion that this was a better option? 
I want to play, man. I want to play. Yeah. Um, my goal was to play as soon as I uh, as soon as I was ready, and I'd rather play 18 minutes right now than not play at all. So it, it is frustrating, but like I said, it'd be more frustrating still sitting in a suit every game and not playing. So it's like I said, it's a foreign foreign concept to everybody involved with this. Coach Jackson, myself, the GM, you know, where he's got to kind of figure out where he plays me and in what spurts and. And it's frustrating at times. There's no right way to do it. And there's no right formula. We're, we're just playing it by ear. And like I said, in the next two or three weeks, hopefully I can get more and more minutes. But the reason why I'm restricted with minutes as well is, you know, I only had two full practices before the first game. So mm-hmm. if it was a situation where I'd had a full training camp and maybe, you know, a good two weeks of training, uh, full, full squad training leading into the games, we wouldn't really have an issue. But the fact of the matter is I've got to make sure the ankle can respond well there today. Talking to Warriors center Andrew Bogut. We'll do it every single Tuesday throughout the course of the NBA season. It looked like last night you were a little frustrated during that six-minute stretch where you guys didn't score. And the fact that a lot of quick jump shots, a lot of early-in-the-shot-clock jump shots, were you frustrated that there wasn't a little more ball movement, the fact that you were missing some jump shots, that you guys didn't try to work the ball either into the paint or inside out and try to score that way? A little bit. We're, we're, we're a run-and-gun team offensively. My frustration is one too much offensively. It was the fact that we were missing shots, and then, and then you know, our defense kind of went downhill, you know, mm-hmm. which, is, which is what we're trying to, you know, not do. You know, we're going we're gonna to have nights where we shoot 30%, 40%. If we can grind out wins or, or have close chances to win those games, we're doing the right thing. But, you know, I, I just felt like we were missing shots, and then it, it affected our defensive transition and our, and our hustle plays, and obviously they were getting a lot of easy baskets. So... Um, that's where the frustration was lying mainly. Did, um, as part of the frustration of only playing 18 minutes a night, how much, and it's this is an odd way to put the question, but I'll do the best I can anyway, how much has that retarded your ability to understand your teammates on the floor as much as you'd like? tough on everybody because I'm still learning how to play with David Lee, Steph Curry, Clay, and they're learning how to play with me. So that's probably the toughest part because we haven't had a lot of practice time together with me in the lineup. Um, and now it's just the real deal. It's, it's an NBA game where you got to figure it out. So we have no choice but to, to, to keep plugging away and trying to make this thing you know, as positive as possible. So when I'm playing 40 minutes, we're all comfortable with each other. And it's, it's slowly getting there. But as you guys can see, on the telecast and the games, the, the cohesiveness and the chemistry just isn't there yet because it's, we haven't played with each other. You know, when I when I cut, I get the ball late. Sometimes when I throw the ball out to, to David Lee, I throw him a bad pass, which, you know, he's not ready for. So we're still trying to figure each other out. And I think in the in, in, in due, due process, it'll, it'll all come together. If that would have been a pickup game last night, would you have DeMarcus Cousins fought? Um, I mean, look... I'm a lover, not a fighter, so if it comes to it, it comes to it. You know, if someone swings, I don't swing back, but never got instigated. You know, he thought I was, I was giving him cheap shots all night. You know, you look on the replay, he's coming with an elbow on every box out, and I'm coming mm-hmm. with an elbow every box out. And unfortunately for him, he copped a few to the chin, and so did I. You know, I woke up this morning, I think I've got, you know, um, a little bit of an issue with my nose from an elbow, but that's just a part of the NBA game. You know, he was just complaining, you know, more than I was, and that's just how it goes. Nobody likes a complainer out there. Just take, <laughs> just take it and move on, right? Well, I mean, just just the whole fact that you know he's telling me he's going to mess me up because I elbowed him. On the night, like, you know, in, in, in a game of NBA basketball, there's numerous accidental elbows, and 
and for some reason he thought I was, you know, going after him or trying to cheap shot him, which, which definitely wasn't the case. Um, but, uh, you know, whatever, whatever he wants to think, he can think. Hopefully next time, you know, um, we get the win. Yeah, I always love those guys. I'm going to mess you up. What, what are you going to do? Like 20,000 people here on TV. What, are you going to shank me at midcourt when we're not on the camera? Are you going to mess me up? Like, just save it. Well, traditionally, <laughs> you get that all the time. It's like, just stop. Just play ball for crying out loud. It's a physical game sometimes, and yeah, exactly. things are going mean, to happen. I never, I never, yeah, I never usually instigate that type of stuff because I just think it's it's all while the cameras are on and, and so on and so forth. And um, I think it's just unfortunate. You know, if, if something does happen off the court, you know, or, or uh, you know, behind closed doors, it's, it's generally pretty horrific stuff. So it rarely ever comes to that. Yeah. Um, and I hope it never does. Yeah. But, you know, like, like you said, just, just shut up. We'll go out there and battle and play at the end of the day, have a beer and, and talk about the good times. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, was anybody worried last night they were going get to get hit by the falling black shrapnel from the <laughs> scoreboard? That happened like four times last night. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> If there's not a sign that they need a new a new a new arena, um, I think that's, that 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 kind of should put them over the edge. <laughs> I mean, it happened three or four times. It was absolutely crazy. I thought some lights or maybe even the scoreboard might fall down. So it's pretty interesting. I think there might have been a guy in the scoreboard pushing off pieces of it to yeah, make it worse. Yeah, Joe Maloof. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting last night, Andrew, watching the game, and I, I hear this all the time, and I just don't think it's the case most of the times. Where you'll say, "Well, we didn't have the energy, or we didn't take this team seriously." In watching the game, I thought you guys were playing hard. I thought they were playing hard too. They get paid; they're professionals. They were playing as well. I just thought when it came down to it, you guys missed quite a few shots in that game that you're normally going to make. And when you miss those shots and you shoot forty percent. In the NBA, generally, no matter who you're playing, it's going to be hard to win shooting 40%. And that's what I thought it came down to last night. Yeah, that's spot on. You know, at the end of the day, defense obviously is a big part of the game. Um, so, yeah, if you don't put the ball in the hole, you're going to lose nine times out of ten. And, and obviously, last night we missed some gimmies. You know, Clay Thompson couldn't have got a better look towards mm-hmm. the end of the game to win to, to put us up one, and, and it went in and out. And that was the story of our night. You know, Smith didn't have a great shooting night, so... We feel like we're right there, and and you know they're they're not a bad team. I mean, they they, they have a lot of guys that kind of play one on one basketball, um, but sometimes you know they're, they're tough teams to guard because a couple of those guys get hot. You know, Cousins got hot, and, and Thornton got hot, and then all of a sudden you're in some trouble. So we we thought we battled for the most part. We still have a lot of work to do in saying that, and we have a, we have a huge game coming up tomorrow. What do you think is going to happen with this whole flopping thing? Barrera and Sloan are the first two guys to get warnings for flopping. Do you think it will get to a point? I can see the the warnings. I'm wondering if it's ever going to get to a point where someone will actually get fined for flopping. And do guys even think about flopping any differently now that the rule's in place? I have no idea what, what's going on, man. I mean, there just seems to be new fines coming out all the time. But, I mean, if you're going to enforce it, it should be enforceable to everybody because I've, I've seen a couple already that, that have happened to some, you know, some, some other guys against, that we've been playing against. But, I think for the most part, the rule is you get one warning. So if those guys that have been warned already um, get another get another slap on the wrist, it'll be a fine. But it's, it's, you know, it's unfortunate you don't want to see guys get money taken away from them. Um, but you know, some of it is, is is needs to be taken out of the game at the same time. I think maybe a gentle reminder from somebody who's even tempered and calm, like Joey Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, that might help too. <laughs> Joey has the best going the other way, the ball's out of bounds call. He gives you the thing and he violently oh, yeah. turns the other way and points the other way. And I remember talking to Joey one time. I said, Joey, you're going to blow your head off if you keep doing that, all right? I mean, too much adrenaline you got going on there. And he said, shut up, Tom. Just get back and play D. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's on the. I think he posts a couple of fighter interviews before every game at his age. Who are the guys in the league when you think of officials, Andrew? That that you can talk to guys that are easy uh, for players to approach. I always thought Dick Bavetta was one of those guys. Whether he was a good official or not, I thought he was better than most. But he was a guy you could go to and say, "Dick, what am I doing here? Why'd you call that? What do I need to do?" He would also say, "Tom, I think I missed that call." and stuff like that. Are there officials you look at out there right now that you say, I like to see them in the game because they're, you feel like you can get along with them and ask them questions without them going berserk? Yeah, you know what? I think, I think they've done a pretty pretty good job. Obviously, Joey's a guy that you can't be emotional with. Yeah. So if you show emotion and try to go up to him, he, he's going he's gonna to embarrass you. Um, but I think if you, if you show respect to the officials and approach in a professional manner and don't do it in the heat of the moment, most of the officials will talk to you. If you do it, ranting and raving and waving your arms and then try to get an explanation, of course they're going to they're gonna just brush you off. So I think, you know, your, your example was great. I mean, a couple of the former players aren't too bad. I mean, Workman's not too bad. Yeah. But I think, like I said, for the most part, if, if you respect them and, and approach them in a professional manner, which is hard sometimes, you know, there's no doubt, um, that they'll usually, usually respect you and give you a good answer. Hey, before I let you go, Andrew, is uh, the plan the rest of the month of November to not play in back-to-backs and limit your minutes to 18, or will we see an increase in minutes throughout the course of the month? Well, it all depends on how the ankle goes, but that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of the plan for the next two or three weeks, yes. Uh, back-to-back definitely won't happen for a while, um, but you know, hopefully my minutes can at least go up to 24 or 25 in the next two or three weeks, and then we'll just go from there. But, you know, Doc's obviously, his main concern, you know, I, I called him basically the day after the uh, Phoenix game and said, come on, man. I need, I need more than 20, I need more than 18 minutes, so I feel like I can go more. His explanation kind of calmed me down a little bit by saying that you've only had two practices that weren't that intense, and then you've jumped straight into a game. You know, don't, don't be stupid right now. And I guess you don't want to hear that as a player, but in the same sense, knowing that I've rehabbed since January, I definitely don't want to step back, and, and it's all been on course so far. Um, so, you know, hopefully sooner than later, but we'll see how we go. Andrew, really appreciate the time. It's going to be fun talking to you. Uh, I don't want to say nice start. Two and two is okay. You won a couple games on the road, which is a lot better than the Warriors did last year. But it'll be fun, even though Brand, you know, it's a bummer to see Brandon Rush go out. But it'll be nice once this whole team gets together and we can really see what you guys are capable of. So hopefully the month of November goes well for you and you get back on the court for a few more minutes. And we'll look forward to talking to you throughout the year. Thank you, man. All right, Andrew. Appreciate Thanks. it, man.